Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone and welcome to the third season of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. I'm your host, Genevieve Carl, mom of two. I'm also the host of Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk's French edition. You can join me live on the web at Nikki Radio every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, I do a parenting segment. And if you don't catch these lives, you can find them both in a podcast form on the website Nikki Radio and ikyradio.ca. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hello, everyone. Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk, and I'm also a mom of two. And Heather, can you tell where everyone can come and meet us this weekend? Yes, Jen and I wanted to invite all of you to come see us at the birth fair where everything pregnancy and baby is under one roof. So we're going to be at the Coast Langley Hotel for this fun event both days, March 7th and 8th. Tickets are only $10 at the door, but online you can save some money and they're $5 online. So this, per this is the perfect place for anyone who's expecting or thinking of starting a family, anyone with a new baby, birth professionals, or anyone who has a pregnant woman or baby to shop for. The birth fair also has different seminars all day long, so you'll leave feeling educated and empowered. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see you guys all there. And Heather, I would love it if you can talk to us about our sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics. Yes. Yeah, so we wanted to share with you what an amazing time Hudson and Alex have been having in class at Leapfrog Gymnastics here in Coquitlam. The boys go through super fun circuits made of specialized mats and equipment where they work on important skills such as body and spatial awareness, strength and balance, and great social skills too. As a sponsor, Leapfrog Gymnastics is offering our listeners $25 off their first month of classes for new members only with the promo code parent talk so for more information on programming and birthday parties visit leapfroggym.com and we hope to see you there yes so don't hesitate to come and have fun with us so yes. today we are talking about mom guilt yes. huh? who doesn't experience mom <laughs> guilt in this day and age <laughs> <laughs> and we have with us Nazreen Galamusain and Shaha Kaker. They are both moms and registered therapeutic counselor and co-founder of Breeding Space Counseling. So welcome, ladies. It's so nice to have you with us today. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. Yes, thank you. It's really lovely to be invited. Thank you so much. So ladies, all moms seems to feel this thing called mom guilt. Why is that? So there's a, a few reasons, Jen, and I think one of the big ones is because We live in a society that is full of myths about what it means to be a mother. Um, we're constantly comparing ourselves to this unreal and unachievable idea of what motherhood is supposed to look and feel like. We're supposed to stay at home full time. We're supposed to work. We're supposed to always enjoy being with our kids. We're supposed to cook homemade meals. We're supposed to do their homework with them. We're supposed to be attachment parents, but we're not supposed to helicopter parent. There's just so many messages. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy making. And so we're constantly comparing ourselves to this unachievable idea of what it is to be a mother. And, you know, many of us, I think, secretly feeling like we're failing and somehow everyone else is getting it right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. That is so, so true. And the reality is we actually do mess up a lot. And so simply because we become mothers, it doesn't mean that we stop actually being human beings. 
it's really important to remember that we're learning along with our children. We didn't give birth to them and then suddenly know how to do all of this. There was no manual at the hospital or home birth or maybe that, you know, backseat birth that you had in your car or however it went for you, but there was no manual that came with that, right? And so you, you're learning you're learning along the way how to be a mom, a good mom to that special and specific child that you have. And just like our kids, we're growing too. And, you know, sometimes another reason that we feel mom guilt is because whatever difficulty we had in our own childhoods, um, whatever is unresolved, whatever we bring with us, if it's a trauma from our past, our kids are going to trigger that. And so particularly if our kids hit that age that was like a really tough age for us as children, we might struggle with our parenting in in those times. We might actually want to distance from our kids or find ourselves overreacting more than we normally do or have all sorts of different reactions that feel a bit out of control. And that can be another cause of mom guilt. And something that I really like to remind my clients of, Shaha and I actually remind ourselves um, and each other of this all the time as well, is that the reason that we feel mom guilt is because we love our children fiercely. We want the very best for them. And guilt, which is often born of that desire to be a perfect parent, is simply our love speaking out loud and clear about what we want for our children. And sometimes we think that being the perfect parent is what's best for our children. But to live a rich and full and messy and mistaken-filled life actually has really a lot of important lessons in it, has many important lessons in it. And it makes your children these strong, resilient, and courageous adults to be able to see moms who can move through their guilt, which is a little bit of what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Nasreen and I often say that parenting is 80% mistakes, 20% correction. Mm -hmm. And actually, what I also like to remind our clients on that exact same note is that the correction is more powerful than the mistake. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. Always. So much learning in that. Mm -hmm. You bet. I mean, we are our children's first teacher, right? So we are teaching them how to apologize from the heart. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know how to do it, like who's going to teach them, right? So those, to me, that's something that's very important. I'm trying to teach this with a three-year-old, right? But that doesn't start from, like I know right now, he still doesn't have the ability to actually really go and find those feelings and then apologize. But it's something that I know when he's actually going to have the mental capacity to actually do this. It's something he's been learning since like he's a little one. And this is what I'm trying to achieve. And I know it's ongoing, showing them the good example and being their first teacher Mm -hmm. I kind of like to sometimes think about that as (laughs) that's what I'm doing that's what I'm trying to achieve and and I'm being patient right absolutely and and the making of the mistake is actually really important like I don't want that one to be dropped because when your child sees you make a mistake because you're human they are going to feel the permission to be human too Mm -hmm. and they're going to watch you they're going to watch what you do with yourself and to yourself when you make that mistake and so this is a beautiful way to also teach oh i'm messing up but i'm giving them the permission not to be cruel or unkind to themselves when they mess up this is all part of them becoming well-rounded and beautiful adults Mm -hmm. so what is mom guilt exactly 
So Brene Brown, the social researcher, talks about the difference between guilt and shame. And she talks about guilt as a good thing and shame as a bad thing. So guilt is about the behavior, like, oh no, I, I shouted at my daughter again. And shame is about who we are as human beings. Like, oh no, I shouted at my daughter again. I'm such a terrible person and I always mess up. So guilt is that feeling of remorse or pain about an action or something that we failed to do, and it propels us to do something different or consider doing something different. Whereas shame is that dark, nasty self-judgment that comes and becomes attached to us, and that's where we really kind of start going down the sinkhole. Um, and the little voice in her head, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Not I screwed up, but I am the screw up. And so shame is actually the more dangerous part that we want to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Shaha was just pointing out, guilt is not necessarily a bad thing. It's what you do with it that matters. So um, guilt is not a healthy thing to be living with in a repetitive way all the time, but it's also not a feeling to actively avoid because it can be a warning sign that something inside you needs attention or something that you are doing over and over also needs attention. So there's a balance between both so that you can actually find that kindness and compassion to yourself as guilt rises. So for um, almost six years of working with clients now, um, I can see that guilt kind of falls into two categories. And those two categories are like so from from what I've witnessed. Um, guilt can be uh, repetitive, circular, and it can take you down that sinkhole that Shaha was talking about, take you downwards. And this is the kind of guilt that slips very easily into shame. People think that it still is guilt, but it's actually like guilt and shame. And so again, it's not I did something bad. It is I am bad. I am a bad person. And then the other kind of guilt is the kind that wakes you up. It opens your eyes. It moves you forward. So this kind of guilt is illuminating. It's short-lived. We feel it. We move through it. We learn from it. And we grow. And that can make all the difference for us. Absolutely. We may not even want to get rid of it if we can use it as a, as a growth tool. Absolutely. So how do we get rid of that mom guilt? Lots of clients come to us and they say, I'm sick of feeling this feeling. I'm sick of feeling this guilt. I just want to get over it. I don't want to feel it anymore. And they think that we're going to have some magic bullet that's going to be able to tell them, okay, you just follow this formula and you'll never feel guilt again. And uh, drum roll, please. Like the the truth of the matter is that you don't. You don't Mm. get rid of it. You don't stop feeling it. We don't actually control um, what feelings we have. We only control how we're going to react to them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you actually think about it from the perspective of what we were talking about before, that guilt is this extension of love, in order not to feel guilt, you would almost have to completely deny that you love your child because you are always striving to be the best version of yourself for them. And of course, being perfect is impossible. It is an impossible game that you play with yourself. So the best and the most powerful way to deal with guilt is head on. It's actually to acknowledge when it's there and then engage with it in a very different way than I think moms are typically used to engaging with guilt. It's the act of offering yourself some grace. And we hear this all the time, right? Compassion and grace. But the power of that is incredibly important. It's to engage with guilt in a way that makes space for that acceptance of the fact that we are constantly learning how to do motherhood constantly we make mistakes we're figuring out how to reflect even on our reflections we're learning out how we're learning how to properly reflect 
and then to redirect ourselves once we've learned something from whatever it is we've just done. So ladies, what are some of the things that moms can do when the mom guilt strike, you know, when it's all of a sudden it's in your face? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question, because I think this would be the burning question for anyone who has now heard, oh, we're not getting rid of it. <laughs> yes. <So> what now? <laughs> it's here to stay. Right. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. So I think this is a really good place to share some concrete examples of how to combat guilt when it rises and it feels like it's taking over for me personally. So I'll start by sharing a couple of the places where my own guilt gets triggered as a mother really badly. Like these are the places where I struggle quite, um, quite a bit. Um, the first is when I lose my temper, especially about something small. Um, it could happen literally over spilled milk. And the amount of guilt that I feel over that is more immense than it would be about something bigger. And, uh, number two, it's when I cannot be present for my child as much as I want to, such as volunteering in her classroom, giving her my full and undivided attention every single time she says, mama, I need you, mama, I need help or tucking her in each night because I'm a counselor and I work evenings. So all of those things also trigger my guilt. So one of the things um, that I've done for myself, but I've also shared with clients over the years, is um, to write something on the mirror. And I know this sounds quite simple, um, but it can be quite powerful to get up in the morning and put the toothpaste on your toothbrush and look up and see something encouraging and loving and kind and real to you on the mirror. So for example, I might write something like, everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. I'm human. Simple, really simple and totally real and true for me. And I need that reminder. And if you write something that you can't resonate with, you're likely going to look at it and feel nothing or even feel irritated. So if you went, you know, full um, steam ahead and you wrote something like, I am an amazing mom and uh, I make excellent decisions all day long and that's not the way that you're feeling when you look at it, likely that's actually going to upset you. So to actually notice what part of you needs to be hearing the encouragement and the love and what feels really loving to that part and what feels true for that part is really, really important. So if you use words that you know will calm you down, will speak to your heart, that can help immensely. So that's something I do. How about you, Shaha? That's a lovely example, Nisreen. Um, for me, one of the things that helps me when mom guilt strikes is to ask myself, is this the guilt of unrealistic and inhuman expectations? Or is it a sign that I'm not in alignment with what feels right and good to me as a mom? So if it's the former, then I, I think about that and I think about what I can let go of and how to come up with a more realistic measure of myself as a mother. So for example, my daughter's almost 13. Um, you know, we're not at the stage where when something goes wrong, I can just kiss and cuddle her and then everything's fine. I can't always take her struggle away. And, you know, I don't, when I, when she was five, I could do that. And I was the voice of God for her. And so she would believe me. And now it's, you don't get it, mom, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's different, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's the thing that triggers my guilt a lot, like when I can't take her struggle away. And so for me, that's an example of an unrealistic and inhuman expectation. It's not actually my job as her mother 
mother to do that. Um, and it's my love that kicking in that I am feeling guilty that I can't do it, but I, it's also something that I have to practice letting go. Whereas like in, you know, Nasreen's example, if I lose my temper with my daughter, then that is a mistake that I made. Um, and then I have to think about how can I correct it? And I have to go and do that. I have to practice accountability. Um, and one of the things Nasreen and I talk about a lot and talk with our clients about a lot is that there's a big difference between accepting blame and accepting responsibility. So I can go and, you know, sincerely apologize to my daughter and own my mistake without going down that shame spiral and being like, I'm the mistake and I always mess up. And that's the, that's where the blame part comes in, you know? And so that, that takes a bit of practice too, sometimes learning how to be kind to ourselves when we mess up and still, um, you know, sometimes we can get a bit defensive because we don't want to go down the blame route. So we don't want to take responsibility either because it feels like the two things are tied, but they're actually not. And it can actually feel really good when you go and you own up to being human and, you know, you, you teach your kids too, that we make mistakes and then we clean it up. And that's something that when I was in counseling school myself was actually one of my biggest stumbling blocks was actually to realize that I was not that great at apologizing and I was not so hot at being accountable because every time I did that, I felt like I was bad and wrong. But when I actually got to the other side of that, beginning to understand how the other person feels when I do that, how I get to feel when I actually correct with that person, when that I have the power to recreate this healing between the two of us or this reconnection between the two of us after that break, I literally set myself free. Mm-hmm. I, I literally set myself free. And I have been the queen of apologizing ever since. Not even kidding when I say that. Anyone wants my my husband's phone number? You can call him. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's actually been a miraculous change in my marriage. Um, it it has helped me through being a mom of a very young child. It's helped me with my own parents. Like being a child of my parents, the power of taking accountability without shaming yourself, just drawing the line between those two things. It is ridiculously powerful. At least it was for me. Um, Another thing that helps me sometimes, you know, sometimes guilt is sticky and we try all our tried and tested methods to get out of it, but, you know, we're still kind of stuck in it a little bit. And so sometimes that's a sign to ask for some help. And so I talk to my partner, I talk to a trusted friend, and I ask them to help me remember that I'm doing my best and that this is just a moment. And I have great motherhood moments too, as well as not so great ones. Um, you know, and like, for example, one of the things for me that triggers my mom guilt is when I make a decision as a mom, that's not what my mom would do. And I can hear her voice in my head, sometimes in real life, because she points it out to me. (laughs) They do that sometimes, right? (laughs) And so sometimes, you know, I'll call up Nasreen and I'll say, oh, Nasreen, like I made this decision, but I don't know, I'm feeling guilty about it. And I think it's okay, but I'm doubting myself. And can you can you please help me remember that even though things are brutal for me today, I've got this and I, I am a good mother most of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I sure can do that. Mm, thank you. You yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if I can give one more example, do I have space yeah. for that? Shinviev? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Do. Awesome. Um, when I feel guilty, um, I often feel like I'm not worthy of remembering that I'm a good mom or I feel like I'm not even worthy of being a mother when it gets really bad. So I harness the times that I feel really awesome about motherhood, about myself, and I use them. 
So one of the ways I do this is actually to record a voice message to myself with my phone. And this is actually the perfect um, sort of example to give right after Shaha's example, because sometimes a text message can't be answered right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a phone call can't be picked up when people are at work or they're busy juggling their own kids, right? And so what I often do or I have done um, in the past is I let that solid, confident part of me um, speak speak into my phone, remembering that there is probably a sad and guilty part of me that's listening. And I let it remind me of the things that I've forgotten, such as I'm totally capable of putting this feeling down and letting it go, that I am a good mom in lots of ways, and I just can't remember that right now, and it's okay. And that I give my child gifts that only I could give her, even when I'm not at my best, because I'm the right mom for my kid. And so you find the words and the reminders that are right for you. Those are some of the ones that work um, beautifully for me. But you find the right ones for you. And it is very, very powerful to hear your own voice remind you of those things. And so I truly recommend any mama who's listening to this to give that a try. I love it. Do you have any tip for us if we feel the mom guilt from moms around us? You know, it could be the look or it could be a comment or it could be the mother-in-law or your own mother. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that triggers something inside of you because you didn't see something and now it's there. Mm-hmm. The yeah. mom shaming. It's, the it's, mom it's shaming, pretty prevalent, you know? isn't it? Yeah, because it, at that moment, not, nothing, there was no space of that, but now there is mm-hmm. from a comment, maybe. You know, this is another part of um, the growth inside of me as I became a counselor and started practicing with clients, where I, I actually learned something quite important about myself exactly in relationship to that, Genevieve. And it was this, that when someone is shaming you or they are giving you a look, likely they are feeling something quite shaky on the inside about themselves, their own parenting, their own life. And there's something happening for them that you are probably not aware of. Who knows? Who knows what that is? Maybe they get shamed by their own mother. Maybe someone in their family is sick. Maybe their child is not well. Maybe they're not well. I could give you a a million examples because we actually can't climb into the lives of every other person. But to remember to have compassion and sensitivity to the person that's likely doing something like that because it is coming from somewhere that you cannot see. And the same times that I make a mistake and that I react or overreact, it is probably coming from something that is inside me that doesn't feel good. For example, this morning my daughter was brushing her teeth and at the very end of it, Uh, she spat all the water out of her mouth, but she has this horrible cold right now. And she spat the water out all over the entire top of the sink. And honestly, before I could stop myself, I was just telling her off. And I felt so bad afterwards because it literally took me one towel and two baby wipes and it was just all done. But before I did that, it's like I just really let her know how much that had interrupted my life. But what was actually happening is that we have a new puppy and he had peed in the kitchen and we were running five minutes late and I'd forgotten to put her Eggo in the toaster oven and her, none of her socks were clean. And so we needed to find clean socks. And all of that was in that moment. All of that was, 
oh my gosh, this is actually going to take a whole other five minutes out of this morning where I am already 10 minutes late. And there's going to be another late on your kindergarten report record. Like that even matters, right, lady? <laughs> like, like it even matters. But in that moment, it was, it was just the only thing I could think of. And so when all those things gather up like a ball into one moment, if someone else had seen me in that moment, they might have just thought, oh, you know, whew, some she's, wow, she's kind of an angry person. But actually, I was just feeling really anxious about all of those things. So when you can remember what might be churning inside you inside of a moment like that, and you notice a mom or your own mom or another parent doing that to you, you might just remember, ah, there's probably something churning inside of her too. And let's just take a step and remember that, kindness is is wonderful to extend thanks for the comment but no thanks right yeah well yeah yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) well thank you for the comment and you know you are entitled to your opinion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for me um you know I'm, i'm i'm a big feeler and so when someone if someone says something to me or gives me a look it's like a thunderbolt hits me you know like it's in my body and i feel it and it's overwhelming and it's almost like the room goes dark And so sometimes, you know, I might have to take myself away, go to the bathroom, close the stall, sit down, have a cry. Um, Actually let myself have the feeling, you know, because it's there and it's real. You know, I might not to the person's face, but with myself, let my anger out and be like, how dare you, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, how could you do that? And and, and then what it helps me do is come, come back to myself, come back to myself, because the reason that it feels like a thunderbolt is because there's part of me that agrees with them. You're right. I am messing up. I did do it wrong. I am not good enough. And so it helps me come back to that part. And then I can actually kind of start to speak to that part of me and say, okay, hold on. I get that this part is alive right now, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. So, so when we get trigger, mm-hmm. we're basically, we get trigger because we agreeing in some part mm-hmm. of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So to stop, and say, hey, no, 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 no. This is not me. This, I don't have to buy this. I don't have to listen to this. I don't have to accept this, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's a choice to either let it go, revisit later, or take yourself away from the situation, like you're saying. But I love the way you say that, hey, this is maybe my little voice is going there mm-hmm. and it's really speaking to me and it's hijacking me right now at that moment, exactly. right? And then we have the power to say yes or to say no. Yeah, sometimes the asking yourself the question, wait a minute, is, it, is this really true? Did I, am I really yeah. bad at this? Am I, did I really mess up just now? You know, that, that can be such a powerful question to, come, to just come to the situation with curiosity instead of certainty that yes, I messed up, I'm terrible. And that certainty comes from the fact that we have these negative beliefs and those beliefs are when you say Genevieve, there's a part of us that agrees. Yeah, it agrees because all of us quietly believe things about ourselves which are not very nice. Mm-hmm. And so when someone touches on that something that you've been carrying around probably for a long time since your childhood, then that is the part of you that starts to go, oh yeah, you know what? She's right or he's right or they're right. And then to stop and actually take space from that like Shaha's talking about, it's actually part of what inspired our name at Breathing Space. The idea of actually stepping away from that negative inner voice or what people like to call the ego, to step away from that and to take space from it allows you to look at it rather than live in it. 
Because if you live in it, you will be swallowed by it and taken over by it and you will believe it like it is true. But if you can step away from it and give yourself breathing space, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you can actually see it for what it is, which is just a thought that isn't Mm -hmm. real or true. Mm-hmm. I love it. Ladies, we can find you on our panel with expert at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? You can find us uh, on, online on our website, www.breathingspacecounseling.ca. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Under Breathing Other, Space. Yeah, Breathing Space Counseling. counseling. And counseling with two L's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Nazreen, Shaha, and Heather for taking the time to be here and helping us be the best parents we can be. Don't forget, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episode called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives as moms. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you are near us, don't forget to check out Leapfrog Gymnastics and get you $25 off your first month of classes with the promo code PARENTTALK. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are inviting you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard, so remember to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate, but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.